The following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, to play pinball and put in your earplugs put on your eye shades you know where to put the cork we're gonna take we're gonna take we're gonna take Levon Bells is warbling Saturday morning. December 22nd. That's, uh, I can recall when that album came out. I remember buying it. Uh, it's, uh, I'm trying to remember which album that was from. Um, Madman Across the Mad Water. Madman Across the Water, yeah. I remember the day it came out. And uh, um, I had bought the other one prior to that called Tumbleweed Connection. And that was when Elton John was still in his ballad stage and hadn't become a guy wearing platform heels and, uh, you know, huge sunglasses. Let me read the Bible verse for today. Psalm 38. 
O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease and there is no soundness in my flesh. That's Psalm 38. David uh, praying for, for forgiveness of his sins. I want to talk about uh, Trump's desire to withdraw our troops from Syria. Um, anybody who's followed our uh, military exploits over the last number of years knows that we've been in places throughout the globe that um, people ask, why are we there? What's our strategic purpose in being there? We've been in Afghanistan now for 17 years, putting people in harm's way. And um, Trump has decided to begin to draw our troops down from some of these places throughout the world. And naturally, he's getting a lot of heat from people in the government who say that we should not move or leave. But think of the cost in American lives. So... I'm going to read uh, from some stories here that may be helpful. This one's called Washington Melts Down Over Trump's Withdrawal by a guy named Matt Purple. He's a wily one, that Vladimir Putin. See, people are, are saying that Trump is uh, doing this because Russia wants him to. He's a wildly one that Vladimir Putin, consider all that he's managed to accomplish over the last 24 hours, according to the geopolitical wizards on Twitter. At Putin's behest, President Donald Trump on Wednesday announced a withdrawal of American troops from Syria. That's now cleared the path for Russia to exert control over Damascus, the Middle East, the world itself, because Moscow has at last secured the jewel in its neo-Soviet empire a strip of chaotic desert in northeastern Syria. If that's actually Putin's thinking, then he's not playing checkers or chess so much as 13 dead-end drive right before the chandelier falls on his head. Yet that was the gist of the analysis from America's radio smart set yesterday. Think tank functionaries, journalists, and right-wing radio hosts were all united in furious opposition to Trump's Russia-influencing absconding from Syria. Somehow they've yet to muster similar unanimous outrage over the massive national debt or our loneliness cum opioid crisis, but I'm sure that's just a matter of time. Until then, the Syria page of Washington's Mad Lib book yields all the usual buzzwords. Adversary, strength, surrender. 
so far as Putin goes, he isn't trying to flip Syria behind some newly hung iron curtain whose aim is a return to the pre-Civil War status, a friendly Assad regime, a safe Russian naval, naval base in Tartus, and an end to jihadist-fueled instability across Syria. The latter one is especially important to understanding the Russian psyche. Putin fears nothing more than a weak state besieged by armed rogues, a result of his formative experiences in chaotic Dresden after the Berlin Wall came down and later uprisings in Chechnya, hence the desire to protect Assad who will keep the mob from the Tartus door. And what if the United States withdraws? <clears throat> Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is likely to attack the Kurds, which he sees as a threat to his homeland. Though even there, the crystal ball is murky. As Joshua Landis pointed out on Twitter yesterday, the Kurds help fight off Arab rebel militias, and Assad may decide he needs them as allies in post-war Syria. We've heard a lot this week about the capital we're sacrificed by pulling out of Syria in powers and allies and something crowded called credibility that hawks seem to think functions like monopoly money. But what about those two resources I mentioned, dollars and lives? Why do those get so little attention? The United States since 2001 has spent nearly $6 trillion on wars in the Middle East. According to Brown University's Watson Institute of International and Public Affairs, in Syria, that money has often gone towards gilded banana peels that we then promptly trip over, including two plans to arm rebels that ended up feeding weapons to jihadists and a $500 million program to train fighters that produced about five graduates before being shut down. Meanwhile, America's infrastructure crumbles. Why shifting money into domestic needs at times such as this is considered populist rather than just common sense, I will never understand. Then there's the toll in blood. American soldiers have been killed in Syria, have been put in harm's way, all for a mission that is both unclear and undeclared. And that's the thing, the unconscionable part about sending people into wars that never end and that never seem to have a, a, a reason. And Trump is simply doing what, to me, is... Um, common sense he's withdrawing us from this endless conflict where our guys go there and they get put in harm's way and they don't have a fixed goal unsurprisingly uh southern rural whites enlist in the military at a disproportionate rate can you imagine the humiliation these people feel at the successive failures of Bush, Obama, foreign policy? We can't be sure how great a role our failed wars played in Trump's election, but they were certainly a factor. I'll never call it war weariness, which has always seemed to me to contain a grain of condescension. Just take a nap, dear, and you'll be ready to nation build again. But certainly we are fed up with a foreign policy elite that never accomplishes its missions, yet whose appetite for military action seems only to grow. Let's take a break there. 
It is the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. May. Royal Wedding. Mount Kilauea. 2018. Our embassy. Jerusalem. Time is running out. Three Americans are home. I just love Trump. Moral. Grand deal. God. 2019. Time. Happens here. Sam Strong. News Radio 630 WLAP. At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400, and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back to the Tom Dupree Show. That's from the band. This is another article about this withdrawal from Syria. Why Trump is right to withdraw national or withdraw uh, troops? Donald Trump has has announced that he is bringing home America's troops from Syria just two years after he was elected president. His plan to end one of America's many wars prompted a mob to gather outside the White House, pitchforks at the ready. The mob wasn't made up of angry farmers or workers. Instead, the feverish crowd constituted Washington's war party, ivory tower think tankers, editorialists promoting perpetual war, wannabe commanders-in-chief eager to launch their next democracy crusade, and politicians who collected draft departments when their lives were on the line but now see the need for the United States to, quote, exercise leadership. The cacophonous criticism of the president's decision within the Beltway may be the best evidence of his wisdom. Syria is not America's war. Washington's security interests always were minimal. The humanitarian tragedy in the country has been overwhelming but is beyond America's ability to fix it. 
Most directly, the president's critics complain that the Islamic State is not yet eradicated from the earth. Wrote the New Yorker's Robin Wright, long-term stability is still far from guaranteed against a force that remains a powerful idea, both in war-ravaged Syria and throughout the volatile region, even as its military wing is decimated. However, the United States can't fix the underlying causes of radicalism. Moreover, the Islamic State's long list of enemies, Iraq, Syria, Turkey, Jordan, Gulf States, Iran, Russia, should be able to handle the aftermath. America should not do everything for everyone forever. That's the big takeaway here is that we can't be the world's policemen forever. Washington's usual suspects came with a gaggle of bizarrely ambitious alternative objectives to justify America's continued military presence. Why remain in a multi-sided civil war filled with bad participants and choices? Why stay to protect the Kurds, satisfy the Turks, limit the Iranians, cow the Syrians, moderate the Russians, and perhaps cure the common coal? Congress has not authorized, that's another important thing, is they've not authorized military action in Syria, even against the Islamic State. The authorization for the utilization of military force passed after 9-11 was directed against al-Qaeda, not new groups which did not then exist and did not participate in the attacks. The AUMF authorization for use of military force cannot be stretched to cover Syria, Iran, Russia, Turkey, or anyone else. So it's an unauthorized war. It's something that Congress has never authorized. Of course, Congress had no reason to authorize force in Syria, which is not a security problem for America. The U.S. prospered for decades, while a hostile and even stronger Syrian Arab Republic was allied with the Soviet Union. Would it be good for Bashar al-Assad was a warm, loyal, devoted ally like, say, Salma, Saudi Arabia's Mohammed bin Salman? Sure, well, probably. But the fact that Assad is not even not isn't even a cause for military intervention. As a superpower, America has interests all over the world. As a superpower, most of them aren't particularly important important very few are worth war russia's involvement in syria doesn't matter washington is allied with turkey egypt jordan israel and the gulf states the united states shares influence in iraq and lebanon moscow has a close relationship with syria so pres perennial war hawk lindsey graham complained that the pullout would be seen by Iran and other bad actors is a sign of American weakness in the efforts to contain Amer Iranian expansion. Actually, supporting a major ally under attack isn't really expansion. Washington does it all the time. Anyway, plenty of other nations have reason to help constrain Tehran, whose modest influence is most felt in divided and war-ravaged states. National Security Advisor John Bolton insisted that the U.S. was not going to leave as long as Iranian troops are outside Iranian borders, and that includes Iranian proxies and militias. This fixation on Tehran has badly distorted U.S. Middle East policy. So, 
you get my gist there. Um, there's a bad preoccupation with uh, with Syria that really needs to be um, brought back in line. Uh, and once again, our troops should be considered first here. A few charming souls complain that Washington's withdrawal would leave the Kurds vulnerable to Turkey. For instance, Bloomberg's editorial board blithely insisted that the White House should be saying no to Ankara's invasion plan instead of leaving America's best ally in the fight against Islamic State at the mercy of Erdogan. The Washington Post complained of the stab in the back, but the United States never promised Syria's Kurds military protection, which would indeed have to run forever. Indeed, Washington already made that strategic choice when it did protect Kurdistan from retaliation by Iraq, Iran, and Turkey after the latter had held an independence referendum. Washington also made little to no effort to block decades of brutal military operation against the Kurds in Turkey or protect them in the assault on Afrin and surrounding territory in Syria earlier this year. Then there is the oft-repeated concern for stability, which the United States favors, at least when it is not invading Iraq, ousting Libya's government, sanctioning Iran, and backing recklessly aggressive Saudi interventions. In any case, America's small presence cannot stabilize the country or a region. Political change is necessary to reform the underlying conditions. While training local security forces in security could trigger another stage in this ongoing civil war. So, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's not a good idea. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio 630 WLAP. Do you know a girl of merit between 11 and 18 who deserves recognition for the great things she does for her family, friends, and community? We want to recognize her and publicly thank her. Go to girlsworldexpo.com forward slash nominate. The Girl of Merit is sponsored by UK Federal Credit Union. Join us Saturday, January 12th for the Girls World Expo at the Clarion Hotel Conference Center North. Presented by UK Federal Credit Union and iHeartMedia Lexington. Through January 2nd, take advantage of Quantrell Cadillac's final closeout. Save up to $15,000 off MSRP on new 2018 Escalades or ESVs. Or save up to $9,000 off MSRP on a new 2018 XT5 midsize luxury SUV. Or get 0% 72-month financing with no money down and approved credit. Payments are $1,389 per $1,000 financed. You work hard, reward yourself with a new Cadillac from Quantrell. There has never been a better time. It's the biggest music festival of the year, and it's coming to the CW. The iHeartRadio Music Festival. Don't miss the iconic performances. Justin Timberlake. Mariah Carey. We've got Fleetwood Mac here. You've been incredible, and I've been Jack White. 
powerful moments. Tonight, we are all proud to be Vegas Strong. Love this city, love everything it stands for. Plus, some special surprises you are not going to want to miss. Watch our must-see iHeartRadio Music Festival Sunday, December 30th and Monday, December 31st at 8 on The CW. becoming partly cloudy on this Saturday. We'll see an afternoon temperature topping out into the upper 30s to near 40 degrees. Light rain and maybe a touch of light snow back into the picture for travelers on Sunday. Christmas Eve looks dry and another little weak system on Christmas Day. Have a great weekend. I'm WKYT Chief Meerogist Chris Bailey on your official weather station. News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeartRadio Station. What happened? You used to go hours without visiting the bathroom. Now it seems like you're constantly getting up to pee. Listen, the makers of Super Beta Prostate are introducing a new wonder pill. Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced with three key ingredients that are great for your prostate. To celebrate, your first 30-day supply is free. Pay shipping and handling. Get P3 Advanced free. Call 1-800-215-9360. 1-800-215-9360. 1-800-215-9360. I'm a little bit holy water. Dirk Bentley. Burning Man Tour 2019, February 21st, Rupp Arena. And he's bringing along special guests, John Party, Tennille Towns, and Hot Country Nights. Dirks Bentley, live in concert. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com. 34 million Americans smoke. That's about one in seven people. Not every smoker wants to continue using cigarettes. Juul was designed by smokers for smokers to be a satisfying alternative to cigarettes. Juul is a vapor product that contains nicotine for a satisfying transition. If you're one of the 34 million adults who smoke, know that there is an alternative to cigarettes. Make the switch at Juul.com. That's J-U-U-L.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 630 WLAP. Well, I'm slipping into Christmas I'm sliding into New Year And I'm missing all your kisses Baby, since you're 
Back on the Tom Dupree Show, Secretary of Gents, uh, Defense, James Mattis, uh, a retired four-star Marine general who served our nation heroically and with an extraordinary record of achievement, will retire February 28th with his head held high. President Trump, and, and this is, I should say, uh, a, a big negative in some ways for Trump and for his uh, administration that uh, Mattis is stepping down. It happens right after Trump had declared that he was pulling the uh, soldiers out of Syria. Following his more than 40 years in uniform, including combat deployments in the Persian Gulf War, the war in Afghanistan, and the Iraq War, Mattis' achievement at the Pentagon during chaotic foreign times include a record high defense budget, increased readiness of our armed forces, and streamlined business practices. So we'll talk about that, but let's go. We have a caller here. I think I've heard of him before. I think his name's John. I'm, I'm right here. There you are. Yeah. Tell me what's going on, John. Well, nothing much going on. You no, know, the government shut down. I just wish the entire government shut down. So it's just part of it. You want the whole thing to shut down? Why not? Well, they can't seem to come to any decision uh, on how to keep funding it. I know. That's like every local, every state, every federal gun needs to shut down in every state and commonwealth. They can't do that completely, John. Why not? <laughs> Why not? That'd be, that'd be good. That, that, we'll really have to save money that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, you think if Trump gets the wall, they can reopen the government? Probably. He needs to have a wall, he needs to have a wall by sundown tonight. By sundown tonight? Yeah, why not? Well, it sounds good. I'd like to see it myself. I think that um, there's so much penetration of the border, uh, the southern border with Mexico that's illegal, um, that the wall would certainly help. I know it. I know the wall would help because we need it desperately. We need it desperately. And it's not good that the votes be taken over the House of Representatives. It shouldn't win anything. Not yeah. any part of government. Nothing. The Bolsheviks have taken over for sure. Yes, they shouldn't win anything, not even dog catcher, nothing. Right. John, let's give a prediction for the Kentucky-North Carolina game today. They take about five biggins. It'd be a barn burner. People don't say barn burner anymore. Hey, you say that all the time. It's me a barn burner. People don't say that much anymore. I know it. Okay, that was something that Kaywood would say uh, when the game was close. Yes. Yeah, he was uh, – I guess Tom Leach could say it. He hasn't said it, though, much. No. Um, go ahead. I mean, there's one person who's been on the news a lot. Whatever happened to Pamela Geller? We haven't heard her on the news lately. I don't know. You you follow her closer than I do. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything about it about at least a couple of years. Yeah, maybe she's just keeping a low profile. Maybe, 
maybe because he's going to need a lot. Yeah. Well, any other words of wisdom for us, John? I can't think of any. You said that that find out book the Massacaria. We can find out on your version. Who, what's the book called? It's a new book that Michael Savage has written. I can't something to do with I can't pronounce the whole thing. All right, I'll try to look for it. Okie dokie. All right, you're a great American. You're a great American, yes, indeedy. Thank you. Welcome. And have a merry, have a blessed merry Christmas. Same to you, John. Have a good thank week. You. Thank you. So back to this uh, thing with Mattis. President Trump made a wise choice in selecting this patriot to serve in one of the nation's most vital roles. Trump opponents who criticize everything he does and will forever try to drive a wedge in the president's administration will dissect Secretary's Mattis letter of resignation and no doubt view it in the most negative light possible. However, what has transpired is that a warrior, scholar, and public service ha- servant has desired, decided to retire after two weeks heading the Defense Department at the age of 68. And this is common for people to step down and retire uh, from from different uh, uh jobs within the administration it's not it's not at all uncommon so i think uh that anybody who sees this should not be um alarmed at it because uh mattis gave him a a very good uh slice of his life so Predictably, uh, there's an article out that says that the last grown-up is gone. You're right to be worried. Um, And this one says that James Mattis is not retiring with distinction. He's resigning in protest. This is by Fred Kaplan in Slate. Secretary of Defense James Mattis didn't just resign on Thursday. He resigned in protest over the president's policies. The first time a cabinet secretary has done since that since uh, Cyrus Vance quit his job as secretary of state 40 years ago over Jimmy Carter's failed rescue attempt of the U.S. hostages in Iran. President Trump tried to disguise this fact, tweeting late on Thursday that Mattis will be retiring with distinction at the end of February. But administration officials don't retire, they resign. And Mattis, who already did retire as a four-star general from the Marine Corps in 2013, is resigning with bitterness and fatigue. Mattis made this clear in his letter of resignation. Among its key lines, quote, one core belief I was always held is that our strength as a nation is inextricably linked to the strength of our unique and comprehensive system of alliances and partnerships. Trump is openly, outspokenly disdainful of those alliances. Mattis went on rubbing the point in harder. We cannot protect our interests without maintaining strong alliances or showing respect to those allies. One can almost picture Trump's face turning red upon reading that sentence. Mattis then pointed with particular pride to NATO, Trump's least favorite alliance, touting its members' commitment, fighting alongside us following the 9-11 attack on America. 
After a few more sentences about the importance of allies, Mattis laid down a real reason for his attack, his resignation in no uncertain terms. Because you have the right to have a Secretary of Defense whose views are better aligned with yours on these and other subjects, I believe it is right for me to step down from my position. So some people are saying, and maybe you could uh, pull this from what Mattis has said here, that he is resigning in protest over Trump's pullout from Syria. Maybe so. But uh, it's, um, I guess it's anybody's guess. So uh, you have that going on. Of course, we've got the markets that have uh, pulled back in a big way. The Dow dives 400 points to end its worst week in 10 years. Um, the Dow was down um, something like 7% just this week. Let me read from this. Stocks plunged again on Friday, sending the Dow Jones Industrial average to its worst wink since the financial crisis in 2008, down nearly 7% for the week. The NASDAQ composite closed in a bear market, and the S&P 500 was on the brink of one itself, down nearly 18% from its record earlier this year. The Federal Reserve's rate hike on Wednesday drove the losses this week, and fears of an extended government shutdown only added to the pain on Friday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 414 points to finish at 22,445, in turbulent trading that sent the blue chip, chip index up as much as 300 points earlier in the day, only to trade back in negative territory less than an hour later. The initial rally upward on Friday came as Federal Reserve Bank of New York President John Williams told CNBC that the central bank could reassess its interest rate policy and balance sheet reduction in the new year if the economy slows. Those gains slowly disappeared as investors used that short-term pop as a chance to sell more. So we've got uh, a major low in the Dow. The Dow lost 6.8% and 1,655 points on the week. It was the worst percentage drop since October 2008. The S&P lost 7% for the week and it's now down 17.8% from its record. The Dow and the S&P 500 are both in corrections, are on track for their worst December performance since the Great Depression in 1931, down more than 12% each this month. Both the Dow and the S&P 500 are now in the red for 2018 by at least 9%. Heaviest volume in at least two years, 12 billion shares changed hands on U.S. exchanges on Friday. The expiration of options also added to the volume. So we're going to talk about how do we find anything good in a market like this in the next hour.
Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Roseanne canceled June 2018. North Korea. Two leaders shaking hands. Tariffs. Socialists winning. 2019. Arrest them. Happens here. Justice Kennedy. Peter Strzok. Detested Trump. Anthony Bourdain. News Radio 630 WLAP. At Dupree Financial Group, we do not earn commissions on your hard-earned retirement dollars. We don't sell you investment products that are difficult to understand. We do research on every security we recommend to you and follow them closely. We meet with you every six months to go over your investment performance. We don't hide from you. We communicate with you regularly about the status of your investments with us. We want you to be informed, comfortable, and happy. If all this sounds too good to be true, give us a try. Call us at 859-233-0400, and we'll set up a no-cost, no-obligation review of your retirement investment portfolio. You may be pleasantly surprised to find out what sort of services are available to you, the retirement investor. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. That old Christmas moon Hanging pretty all clear and wide As the snow falls so soft and wide The world awaits its Christmas night Santa's coming real soon And the moonbeams will guide his sleigh All the children are tucked away Meet that old Christmas moon And dream The Christmas lights together You and I And that old Christmas moon Shining softly on snow so white As he brightens a special night That old Christmas moon Back on the Tom Dupree Show Federal Reserve has raised rates for the fourth time this year and the ninth time since the 2008 financial crisis. That puts the short-term interest rate at 2.25 to 2.5. And the S&P 500 has responded by plummeting to its lowest level since October 2017. You would think that um, the the market would – the Fed would would have listened somewhat to the market. It's not uncommon for central bank policies to have an effect, but both the stock and bond markets are a mess right now because there is a serious disconnect between investors' outlook for 2019 and what the Fed and Chairman Jay Powell expect. Admittedly, some of it boils down to the sentiment-driven nature of traders and the theoretically data-driven approach of policymakers. There's a reason that buy the rumor, sell the news is a war, well-worn phase on Wall Street. Investors who wait for hard facts to prove their investment thesis often wind up late to the trade. That's not quite how the Federal Reserve operates, and many, including myself, think that that's a very good thing. 
This is an article from uh, uh, Market Watch by Jeff Reeves. So, the most tangible evidence of Wall Street differing with the Federal Reserve's outlook comes in the form of the yield curve, a portion of which inverted in December as long rates fell below short rates. The, re- the reason for the flattened yield curve is at its core a perception that the Fed won't be able to keep its current course and speed on rate hikes. And then there are many indications that Wall Street is right to be skeptical. The Fed just cut its predicted number of hikes from 2019 from three potential increases to just two. And it's quite common for officials to talk big about tightening and then step back. So I would simply say that, and we have Philip Sexton here. He's he's in here. We might as well use him. Uh, morning. Good morning. Good morning. Help me here. Um, <coughs> What what about the disconnect between the the Fed and uh, what he's talking about here in the market? So you know, talks about the dot plots also. So when you look, yeah. So out of all the Fed members, you've 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 got multiple Fed members saying that there should only be one raise uh, on the dot plot. Uh, some saying multiple saying two raises, uh, and multiple saying three raises. Uh, so you've got this huge, like, you know, we, there's not a unanimous decision on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Powell, however, has, uh, stood up in front of everybody and said two more. Well, we, you know, we anticipate two more next year. Well, the way he said that is almost like a, uh, a promise of, yeah. of two more. And I think the, the hardest part is, is, you know, you've seen the unrest that it's caused because it's, it's a twofold thing. So you've got the fed pushing up interest rates on the, the short end of the curve. And then they're also tightening on the long end by uh, liquidating their balance sheet, which, you know, causes pressure on, growth it it tightens the 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 monetary system on the other side of the coin you know with with uh the chinese trade wars and things like that you know that that puts pressure on global growth uh that's what the market is seeing and, and it's and it's trying to tell the fed hey hold on let's see what shakes out on this end before we you know chop our chop our feet off on the bottom end here and he he seems dead set on almost doing it anyway Mm -hmm. uh you know and it's one of those you know doesn't really care where the markets are going but when you think about it the fed they rely a lot on data but psychology is a very important thing that, mm-hmm. that they need to really hone in on that they haven't. You know, they've talked about it a few times, but they really haven't done anything to change psychology. Uh, 
so that's where the huge disconnect is is that if 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 the psychology of the the market which is a lot of your consumers is doing one thing and you're doing a different thing right you know, you're going out of out of lockstep right. there you know and eventually i would hope towards the first of next year that you know he would touch on something like that to say hey you know we we understand that and uh, maybe I misspoke when I said two and that we are, you know, going to rely on what the data tells us moving forward. Uh, says here a full di- uh, disconnect on policy risks. A final and more important point to acknowledge is that markets are much more speculative than the Federal Reserve. I don't mean speculative in the sense of taking on a risk trade, of course, but the more general sense of the word involves an analysis based on assumptions and guesswork. And right now, traders are guessing that 2019 is not going to go at all like 2018. There are good reasons for their trepidation. While global growth data isn't yet catastrophic, there are persistent signs that a trade war with China is taking a toll. There you go. There's your <laughs> trade war. Yep. And it, it's, it's quite interesting, too, uh, the the – bond market especially is uh a lot more keen on predicting recessions and recessionary traits than uh the the fed right is and so you know the i i would think you would learn from history and learn to look at what's actually going on you know and, and say hey you know they're they're saying something's wrong here maybe we should maybe we should look into that a little bit Right. Uh, the other thing too, and, and I had a conversation with the Dars uh, yesterday uh, afternoon about this. <laughs> the Fed is trying to stop two problems. You're trying to stop deflation, uh, and you're trying to stop basically hyperinflation. Yes. We've found from history tells us that uh, one is a lot easier to stop than the other. Now, you can stop hyperinflation. Well, not pretty easy, but you can stop it. You know, we saw uh, interest rates. Yeah, we saw them choke it out in what the eighties. Yes. Uh, you know, as far as deflationary pressures go, that's that's a much harder task to do. Yeah. So, if I'm pal, I'm leaning towards the, and he's not. That's the problem. I'm I'm leaning more towards the. Uh, let the problem that's easier to fix happen. Don't mm-hmm. cause the harder right. problem to fix. Right. You know, just pull back on the reins a little bit there. That's right. Because it's a lot easier to let something grow a little too fast and then pull it back than it is to let something start shrinking on you and try to bring it yeah, back up. Exactly. And and that's where, you know, that that is a that's the huge disconnect. Right. All right. Stay with us. We've got another hour to go. And uh, we will talk about more things in the economy. On the Tom Dupree Show, it's News Radio 630 WLAP.